Welcome to FisherCast, the Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira. And I'm Des. Yay! <laughs> and uh, we're here on a uh, Tuesday night. We're recording at a different time, and I'm actually recording from the nursery, so if the acoustics sound a little weird, that's why. And we have a special guest with us tonight, and her name is Steph. What do you say, Steph? Hello. <laughs> That's so so demure and sweet and quiet. Oh. <laughs> Always a classic. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about tonight's episode. And I'm even more excited for us to get done I with this too. so we can so you guys can see the next episode because man, I've been waiting forever for this to happen. Uh so uh yeah, let's let's get moving. Um how about uh, any uh, any words you guys want to say before I jump right into the darn world? Oh, no, just holy teaser, Batman. Wow. Yeah. You guys going to be popping it in right after we get out of here. So I'm talking nope. about the DVD, not the I was uh, about to say, uh, Prince Albert. That's what she did. Oh. <laughs> that was huge. It was huge. <laughs> anyway. I, had to sh- I showed Skylar. I was like, Skylar, look at this. And she's like, oh, my God. That is like gauged up so far (laughs) mothers and daughters sharing and caring that's right you guys should walk down the beach together and talk about prince alberts (laughs) we do all the time (laughs) uh all right so the darwin awards this is a segment in which uh, blah blah anyway the segment is the 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 story is called (laughs) Aim to you know what, wait, wait, you know what I was going to think? I was thinking, yeah. you know what, really? If our listeners don't know by now, <laughs> they're not paying they attention. Will never, never. Well, somebody might be so excited by this episode that they're like, you know what? I heard there's an intro cast about Six Feet Under and I'm ready to jump on. And they're going to be like, Darwin Awards? What the heck is that? True. Well, they picked the wrong episode to start with, apparently. <laughs> So um, <laughs> the story is called Aim to Win, and it's from 2004 in Ottawa, Canada. <gasps> yay! Oh, Canada. <laughs> uh, you, you might not be saying yay at the end of it. <laughs> That's true. Hmm. <laughs> um, Amir, a second-year engineering student at Carleton University, they have a great dance move, everybody knows there, um, (laughs) was celebrating his 20th birthday with friends in his 11th floor apartment when they embarked on a spitting contest. His two friends had already made their marks. Amir thought he could use his engineering skills to improve his performance. So, yeah, this is just like spitting. You ever, you know... See, oh, I'm surrounded by girls. Never mind. Nobody else. Yeah. Been, oh, oh, okay. I'm sure Desiree has. Steph's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, Des. Gross. Spitting involves saliva and people's germs. It's gross. Blech. Yeah. All right. Carry well, on, Robin. <laughs> gentlemen of uh, uh, various ages, even ones that are 36, might get a kick out of just spinning off a balcony and seeing where it lands. And then the next person spits off, to see if they can get it further out. Well, anyway, Amir took a uh, quick mental calculation of trajectory, uh, projectile velocity and wind speed and indicated that winning required more than just a simple stand and spit technique. Amir took a running start, 
flew over the balcony railing and plunged to his death. Oh my god. <laughs> Duh. Oh my god. Mm. It was purely accidental, said Ottawa police. Momentum carried him beyond. The building security guard heard the thud. He was one of the smartest guys I ever met in my life, the guard said. <laughs> he had a maturity beyond his age. Spinning contest death are becoming a trend. In 1999, a 25-year-old soldier in Alabama won the first what? Darwin Award in this category uh, using the same technique and achieving the same result. 23-year-old Bartos of Mount, Mark, Mount Prospect was nominated for falling 20 feet onto his head in December 2005. Bartos is remarkable for having fallen over an apartment railing without a running start. But Amir clearly oh trumps God, his competitors with his 11-story fall. Perhaps the three have re reunited in the afterlife, arm-in-arm, arm, sailing through the air, their projectiles suspended in front of them like bullets in the Gatrix movies. I mean, the Matrix movies. <laughs> wow. You just offended our gay audience. <laughs> that was a real movie. You'll hear about it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm sure we could just sit around and listen, but maybe we should play this recording all about what's going on with Stefan Dez. Woo! Segway. Not enough time to follow your favorite shows? Too busy to figure out what's worth watching? Well, let these ladies do the watching for you. My name is Steph. And my name is Dez. If it's on, they watch it. Saturday Night Live. Being Human. Lost Girl. Dexter. Eureka. The Walking Dead, Grey's Anatomy, Parks and Rec, Survivor, Modern Family, Merlin, Friday Night Live. They'll parse the good. But, but I loved it. it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. I was like, whoa, you know? <clears throat> I was not expecting that at all. So I, I, I like that. The bad. I just was not interested in any of this. So long and not good. And it was like, oh, come on. And the downright awful. I groaned. I was like, oh, I can't stand her face. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. So tune in weekly to What's On with Steph and Dez for all your television needs. Available on iTunes or directly at whatsonwithstephandez.blogspot.com. <laughs> oh, that was the name of that gay movie, wasn't it? That they were supposed to return. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't catch it really the first time they said it. I was like, uh, whatever. Des, you are not acting like yourself. What? No, I was watching like, it. You should I be didn't like quite porn? catch it, porn? and I was like, they probably made up a name anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, we're here in open casket viewing, and uh, Moira, it's all yours. <laughs> Doki, season three, episode four. Nobody sleeps. Lisa plans a birthday party for Ruth, much to Nate's displeasure. During the party, Nate is struck by the similarities between his mother, who is having the time of her life, and Lisa. Claire has a night to remember with Russell and two self-obsessed artists. <laughs> During an intricately planned funeral, David is moved by the unusual tribute of a man to his deceased partner. Written by Rick Cleveland and Alan Ball, and directed by Alan Poole. Robin, mm. I know what song you need to play at the end. What? Are we in the same wavelength? The the opera? <laughs> no. Oh, please don't. No. Ruth was having the time of her life. Oh, mm -hmm. boy. I will spare everybody that. I mean, I've Aww. been playing some bad songs on here. Aww. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> well, perhaps not. Um, so we get into the episode. <laughs> uh, the opening is uh, a party of uh, gentlemen who are catcalling at the screen uh, as they watch well, the bad know, seed. They're what? MS MS three <laughs> Mystery Science Theater three thousand and yet. Right, right. <laughs> MST three K. That's what I was trying to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody actually seen the bad seed before? No. I didn't I know that's yeah. what it was. Oh, yeah. Me either. It's a good one. <laughs> and they're 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 perfectly justified and <laughs> just totally ripping it to shreds. <laughs> um so yeah, as they're everybody's laughing, um Robert or uh, Bob uh, Griffin uh, passes away in Kevin Lamb's arms. Um, then the next scene, Nate wakes up to Ruth making <laughs> sexy noises. <laughs> oh, God. It made my skin Ew. crawl. <laughs> but then, okay, I was like, where's the baby? Maybe they are using a crib. You no. know, before she took no, of course not. Still a fucking family bed. <laughs> yep. Nate wakes up to Maya awake and uh, while Lisa sleeps and he's kind of like shaking himself out of it. Uh, he's like, yeah, this is, that was, that was the good. Let me, let me freeze that in my mind to think about when I'm listening to NPR later. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my milk and my towel on. Ah, just just all the disgusting stuff that comes from this show has just been building up. I love it. (laughs) Um, We're at breakfast, and Lisa is making plans for Ruth's birthday party. And she wonders if uh, Ruth is into a little Sarah McLaughlin. And Nate warns her, you know... My mother doesn't like a good, you know, birthday parties or whatever. Really, just don't don't even bother. If you're going to do it, keep your expectations low. And, you know, um, I was thinking Ruth might like a party. You know, maybe she always says, oh, don't do anything special, but doesn't mean it, you know? Right, because she's the kind of mother that she does for everybody else. She doesn't want anybody to make a fuss over her. But really, secretly, she does. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what she seems like to me. So I was like, go, Lisa. You know, (laughs) I, I was glad she was doing this. I am totally going to take that soundbite out. (laughs) Go, Lisa. (laughs) You're a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) This is a different universe because you're not noticing the porn. You're you're encouraging. You're all behind Lisa. I noticed the porn. I just didn't notice the title of the porn. I don't want to be in this season anymore. I noticed the penis. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Some so, things never change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we go to Keith and David's place, and Keith gives David a message from Lisa that this party's going to happen, and David is upset. And Keith says, Hey, what else are we going to do? Are we going to stay home and watch porn? By the way, you got to return the gay tricks to video list. <laughs> uh, Remember the days when you had to go to the video store to rent porn? That was quite. <laughs> Very quaint. <laughs> I don't think I ever rented. I no, I haven't either. 
You know, there was always that room out back where as a teenager, I was kind of like looking around the corner with wide <laughs> eyes. It has a little curtain separating it from the rest of the video store. Look, if yeah. all of a sudden I fall in there, like my virginity will be broken. All my innocence will be gone. <laughs> oh, my God. I peeked on I had no idea there was so much anal porn out there. <laughs> oh, Apparently oh, it's a thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ruth is such Bettina is such good friends of Ruth that Ruth actually brings her to the dentist office with her. That's and, weird. And they're talking about the party, and Bettina threatens to spike the punch with LSD if she doesn't loosen up. <laughs> and we find out that Sarah uh, is off uh, being friends with someone who had sex with Michael Douglas. Apparently, <laughs> now I'm guessing she's in a um, a rehab center. Uh, rehab, yeah. yeah. Did anybody else, maybe I'm just being super sensitive for Ruth, but um, when Ruth made the point that she'd not heard from her sister and Bettina had, Mm -hmm. I mean, Bettina seemed a little bit uh, just cavalier about that. She just didn't. Like she wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. That. Even and, and it was pretty palpable that it bothered Ruth. So I thought that was a little yeah. cavalier. But I thought, well, okay, I'll, I'll keep, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give her the benefit of the doubt this time. But then we'll get back to it <laughs> in a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. My yeah, I, I guess we could talk about it later. But yeah, my feelings about Bettina are slowly starting to change. They're not quite there yet, but I'm still enjoying her quite a bit, but I sometimes worry that she's a mm. bit too much. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, I, well, maybe I'll just say it now. The other thing is, in this scene when uh, the uh, re- the uh, dental hygienist is running so late, they've waited yeah. a whole hour, I found it interesting that Bettina chooses to go up without Ruth's permission <laughs> at all and just take on the receptionist in really a pretty offhanded rude way and I thought afterward you know really that wasn't really for Ruth's benefit I think it was because Bettina just was bored with being there one to get moving mm-hmm. yeah wanted, well it, yeah which, she, is, which okay. is quite she as nice you know it's. I think it's just her personality. She's just like well, you know, all about her. But when you know, I I would be pissed off if it was almost an hour that my appointment passed. But I would start out nice, definitely. I wouldn't I, start I out agree. with ugly. Yeah, like I think they had every right to say, hey, you know. But Ruth could have. Ruth probably would have said, okay, well, you know what, uh, my friend and I, we really had things to do. So hey, how about I just rebook? No harm, no foul, you know, yeah. or something. And yeah. I just, afterward, it was more, I was mulling about Bettina and thinking, oh, so maybe you're a little more selfish and a little yeah. less sensitive than I thought you were. So I'm just putting that out there as a little seed to see where it goes, you know? Yeah. Well, to me, I'm kind of like, I'm thinking that Bettina isn't exactly being selfish. She's seeing that Ruth is taking so much crap and being a doormat being a total doormat Hmm. and it just she instead of really trying to i don't know push her into a direction that is uh uh you know what what most humans would do like patience and you know she she kind of takes charge and you know like like later with the china it's like no Mm -hmm. no no, screw that. You know, and, and, and at first it's kind of like endearing, and then I'm kind of like, you know, is Ruth getting like somebody just taking over her life now? It's or a is... different kind of doormatishness in yeah. a way. 
That's I, I well, see what you're saying, Robin. I, I wonder about that too. Whether it's really going to end up being healthy or not. Yeah. Or it's going to end up being with, yet another funny relationship. I mean, she's already like last episode. She was saying, "Well, gosh, what should I call her?" Yes. <laughs> she's already in that place, and now it's like Bettina's making decisions for her. Um, That's the problem with someone like Bettina, somebody with that kind of personality, is that you know they try to. You know, fix the situation for you, but also, you know, their personality is going to override your little doormat personality. They're going to take advantage of you as well as other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder how she'd do, how Bettina would do if she were up against someone who was more forceful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I wonder Brenda? if she'd have, like a Brenda. I was just going to say that. Yeah, like a Brenda. <laughs> I wonder if she'd have any, any patience for her or if she'd just. It's hard to say, but anyway, we can keep watching, I guess. Okay. ENT. Is somebody breathing on their microphone? (sighs) (laughs) Like that? (laughs) No, I just hear a kind of little, I don't know. All right. I can make one glass sounds. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. (laughs) Now play a song. (laughs) Oh, damn. I I need more glasses with different levels of liquid. Next time. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, before we leave the scene, I gotta say, maybe it may be Bettina, but it also may be the receptionist that's causing all this. Yeah, she's kind of a jerk too. Steph. Oh, uh, Buffy's roommate from college. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah, she's kind of have a. She does kind of have a grating personality. Patty, I mean Kathy. <laughs> Patty is a receptionist. It's uh, it's Kathy. Kathy, uh, her basically her, de- she was like a demon, and basically caused Buffy to want to kill her. Of course, she was sucking her soul at night. But who knows what could have been happening? Like in that last hour of waiting, they could have been in like a trance, and she could have been sucking. Bettina and Ruth's soul out or something. Bloody demons. They're just everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So moving on. Uh, Kevin Lamb is doing his intake with the Fishers, and he was recommended by uh, Dennis from uh, David's Choir. Robert actually died from cardiomyopathy. We oui. excellent, marvelous. Did I do it good? <laughs> yes, good job, Robin. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't makes... saying excellent for the disease people. I was saying excellent <laughs> on his pronunciation. <laughs> and they said like his heart was too big, and that there his family is not going to be coming because his family never accepted his life. And uh, Kevin actually has to prove that he has power of attorney, even though they've been together for twenty two years. So that's kind of sad, but you know, to America. Yeah, but the good the good news is they did have it. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. they actually thought that out and were prepared. Exactly, and uh, you know, and it's kind of sad that he got taken by this uh, cardiomyopathy, especially since, um, as it turns out, they were pretty frisky with other people, <laughs> and uh, didn't catch. Um, uh, the AIDS, the HIV uh, the, virus, the, I the AIDS, the like AIDS. the Twitter. <laughs> I was trying to say, <laughs> oh, was, I really wasn't trying to be insensitive. Wow! Uh, Did you catch but, the line too about how he had a he had a, a leaky valve? So he, what was it? He died of a bleeding heart or something? Bleeding heart. Yeah, yeah they made all sorts of jokes about it. Yeah, I listened to the commentary by Alan Poole, and um, he did say that they they were considering 
making it like he died from HIV, but then they decided to go with this. But then he's yeah, like, that would have been a little stereotypical, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah but he kind of he he kind of he he wishes that they went with yeah, cause, with AIDS because um, just to draw attention to it for an episode, you know. Well, I, mean, uh, I don't know. It's gay done. people you know, can gay die people from die other things. things. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Well, by by now we're kind of yeah. I understand, but you know, back. Well, I guess it wasn't that long ago. No, it's not like it was the early nineties. This was no. the early two thousands. Anyway, so Kevin and uh, uh, Bob were a part of an opera company, and he was uh, the stage designer, and he and Bob was the lighting person, mm-hmm. and they he wants to set an opera to honor Bob, and he needs a slumber room for three days, and. Uh, you know, and he's going to pay for it. You know what? I don't care what anybody else thinks. I think that is amazing. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to have a it's going to have a really gay opera funeral. You think it's what stuff? I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. me too. It's not my thing, but it was sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's not your bag. Yeah, I'm not an opera person oh. or a theatrical I person. Like, I thought you meant like I'm what? not gay, but <laughs> well, that really has nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, that's what I like. You're going. Sorry, it, it was very theatrical, and you know, and the opera and everything. And I'm not, I'm not a very theatrical opera kind well, of person. Well, and I think if, if okay, it helps Rico. everyone deal with the situation better to do it on their own terms and to personalize it. Right. Yes. Yeah, see, I mean, it made sense for them. Yes. You know, and so I thought it was kind of cool. But you know, for my funeral, I'm gonna say no. I'm making a note. I put a little asterisk uh, in my black book beside Desiree Bigum. No opera at funeral. Okay, got it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, that's like that's like my child. Uh, her uh, wedding. I didn't. I did not. I didn't know that she was actually considering already having a wedding but it's going to be a halloween wedding so oh my goodness <laughs> personalize it you know? i love it <laughs> um yeah pardon me for the uh crude jokes calling you rico earlier des but i wanted to make a point here that <laughs> i kind of got lost on but um yeah the 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 whole thing about david they really pointed out in the commentary how david David's views kind of shift as this episode goes on. And so at this point, he's taking on the role of the protector. He is really moved by um, Kevin and Bob's romance and, you know, all they've been through and, you know, all the, and of course, <laughs> of course you can rent the slumber room for three days and honor your, 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 you know, your dead lover. And then Rico is just, would probably is pretty much acting like, are you kidding me? Or, or what? And and I don't believe that it, it's like I you're letting the gays run my <laughs> take over the slumber room for three days. I think it's like a natural reaction to like. All right, so seriously, you're staging a Chinese opera <laughs> in the in the uh, slumber room for three days. Uh, so David gets very upset here, and you know immediately calls him out. He's like, "Oh, is it is is, is it because it's too gay for you?" You know, and we're so used to, like, I, I don't know, beating on Rico about this whole issue, but I really, honestly, don't think. And he even protests in this scene. He's like, "It's not like that." So, you know what? Yeah, I, 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 I believe I, Rico. 
Yeah, I believed him too. Yeah, I don't think I it was about it. the gay thing. I think it was about the money. Like, really, you're going to tie up the slumber for three days? We could have two other funerals in that time. Like, yeah. I think that's all it was. Right. Yeah. Which was like a fair question. Episode, Rico is trying to be more sensitive. He's trying to understand, and uh, mm-hmm. I think David is has been too uh, defensive about it all. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a scene coming up in a bit. Sorry for the cough. Yeah. Um, and that uh, where that it plays a role, yeah. Yes, yeah. I want to talk about that when it comes. Uh, yeah. Yes, me too. Mm-hmm. So Ruth and Bettina are getting massages, and uh, <laughs> oh, couple, couples massage, how cute <laughs> it is! So they hired real Russian uh, massage <laughs> people to do this. <laughs> really? And, yeah. Oh god! And apparently, like Kathy Bates was just like completely like yes totally beat the shit out of me it's fine and so (laughs) apparently they had to like nail on several extra bracings on her table because they were pretty much she was pounding the crap out of Kathy Bates and it was so much that the table was like just rocking back and forth (laughs) and bouncing all over the place and she's trying to do her lines and make a scene and it wasn't working or whatever but uh, it it, it was really funny I guess Kathy I guess Kathy Bates likes it rough, huh? Mm. She's she's not a porcelain butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Bettina gives advice here to Ruth, saying if you're afraid of something, you should do it. Um, and Ruth confesses Aww. to Bettina about her cheating on Nate Senior, and Bettina says she cheated on her, number two because he cheated on her. And uh, yeah, Bettina says, "Let go of your guilt. It's done. Move on." thoughts no okay well no i have one little one just just um the way you were talking about having little prickly red flags going up about bettina Mm -hmm. um i wonder if bettina is going to break ruth's heart and if she's going to just get tired of her and move on Mm. i uh, i think she's gonna we'll see i think she's gonna get ruth into trouble is what's gonna happen yeah there's something coming yeah something's brewing yeah it's you know it's and it's too bad in a way because I think it's cool that Bettina gets Ruth to challenge some of her fears and assumptions. Like it's it's cool to take your friend out and say, Oh god, you gotta try it. Massage is great. Massage is great if you've never had one, people. Yeah, it it's is. lovely. But um but there's gonna be a cost, yes. There's gonna be a cost. Right. So Kevin is overseeing the construction of the Chinese opera in the slumber room. Um Kevin thinks Bob would have liked this, especially <laughs> that dude over there that's bending over <laughs> and he reveals that they had an open relationship and uh yeah alan Poole was talking in his commentary about like uh, how david is a very moralistic person and you notice that he actually looks really bothered by this mm-hmm. and now it, it kind of turns that kevin was once a saint in his eyes and now he's actually pretty revolted by him hmm okay so lisa is talking to claire about phil and she says, oh, sometimes you have to wait for them to grow up. <laughs> so, worked for me. Uh, <laughs> or you just trap them with a baby. <laughs> Claire, they're talking about the party, and Claire says that she's not going to be around. She's going to go see his lecture by uh, Scott Phillips Smith. Ruth doesn't mind. It won't be her last birthday. Uh like that, Mr. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Yeah, and as soon as she said that, I said, oh, God, Ruth's going to die. <laughs> I was wondering if anybody picked up on that. So yes, I, just hush yes. up. Hush all of you. <laughs> she, 
asks her about chickpeas, and uh, Ruth says the chickpeas give her gas. <laughs> but hey, it's her birthday. Of course. Is this where under her breath she said, uh, <laughs> "Boy, this is a gassy family." Yeah. And then, and then the best float, yes. Unusually gassy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it's interesting that Lisa is far more bothered by Claire's absence than is Ruth. Yeah. Well, um, she's she's a control freak, right? Yes, that's yes. exactly what she that is. She wants us to be perfect, Big and Claire's time. not going to be there. So, and yeah. this is Ruth uh, becoming a little bit more looser and a little bit more less stodgy. Yes. So uh, Ruth buddies up to Lisa with some aprons, and <laughs> Nate walks in. <laughs> And they give that casual glance over their shoulder. Hi, honey. Oh, Hi, dear. God. Oh, Poor God. Nate. <laughs> oh, I married my mother. I married my mother. I married my mother. Uh, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> it was a mistake. See, Nate, we've been telling you that. And uh, if you were bothered by the sight of that, we cut to a penis uh, with uh, a piercing yes. throat. Penis. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to quiz you guys. Uh, fake or real? Moira? Fake. <laughs> Probably fake. Fake? Okay. Have you that seen is... any pierced penises, Rob? Um, I, I don't care. It was a penis. It doesn't <laughs> matter it, if it's real or it fake. Real or fake? I don't know. You could win this game or you could lose it. <laughs> okay, well, everybody else said fake, so I'm going to say real just to be different. You are a loser. It was a uh-huh. <laughs> Of course, I knew it wouldn't be because you wouldn't be asking. You lose everything. <laughs> um, no, I'm <laughs> stupid. Oh, man. Okay, so yeah, Alan Poole was talking about uh, how they really liked uh, uh, Bob, the guy who played Bob Griffin in his performance. And, you know, they unfortunately had to cast by their acting ability, not whether or not they had a penis piercing of Prince Albert. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they had the guy who played Bob lay on the table and they put a prosthetic penis over his regular penis. And, uh, yeah, he had to be very, he had to sit very still. Um, so that must have been an entertaining thing. Um, so David schools Rico about the Prince Albert, the history behind Prince Albert, which apparently is totally false. I, (laughs) according to IMDb, at least, um, Rico starts asking him about ball shaving. And And here's where I have a problem with David. You go first. I want to hear because he was just, you know, talking about it, not saying gay men. He was just saying men with shaved balls. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're gay or if you're straight. Um, guys and girls don't want, you know, to get hair stuck in their throat. So uh, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. You can still shave them. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say, I thought David was being really mean to Rico because David is now super sensitive and assuming that everything Rico says is gay bashing. And I don't think it was right. fair. I, I, I think it has I think anything to do with gay. I yeah, think he it just, has he just, to do with, yeah. He's sort of uh, sheltered in his own way, and he's asking questions. Mm-hmm. And at least right. he's comfortable enough to ask. So back off, David. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like coming around, and then David is getting a little bit, like, treating it like, oh, now it's a big joke, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. I, I did like, I laughed at the scene. But then it's like, 
you know, uh, David, are you being a little bit too sensitive? A little bit <laughs> yeah. too tight ass about then it. Again, does Rico deserve it? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> not at that moment, he didn't, but yeah. you know. I know, and I agree. And for us, too, the biggest Rico haters of the universe, to say that he didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell. love this so. podcast. There's going to be so many sound bites rip, lip, lifted from this one. It's going to be funny. <laughs> rip from headlights. <laughs> so, Scott Philip Smith is giving a lecture on the responsibility of art. And, what a uh, douche. Apparently, you got people to wipe their asses on the American flag. And it was so offensive. Some Des is dying as she's watching this. Part. Yes, what a pretentious douchebag! I swear <laughs> to God, I I hate art people on TV. <laughs> so Olivia introduces Russell and Claire to Scott, and uh, Scott immediately tells them to give up art. And <laughs> Olivia invites them out with him and Scott, and Claire is officially scared. <laughs> Yeah, she's very intimidated. <laughs> yeah. Lisa learns about the difference between the good, good China and the good China. <laughs> oh, God. I was <laughs> expecting the good, good China to break. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was too, especially yeah. when they were moving the table. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa doesn't have to worry because Bettina says Ruth actually likes her better than Brenda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bettina wants to move the table for dancing and tells Ruth to put on her good clothes. She wants to move it before dinner because she'll be too wasted later. Uh, since we're hearing that there's mentions of Brenda, I figure we'll see. I mean, cause this is episode four of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. She's the Harold Perrineau of Six Feet Under. We've heard <laughs> I'm thinking she'll be in the next episode, and that's right. why Rob teasing us so much. <laughs> Strapped to a bunch of dynamite. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, Tina wants to put on some real music, not this Lilith, Lilith Fair crap. <laughs> um, so, Scott and Olivier are arguing about how bullshit each other are. They, they, each of them are, oh, and God. how bullshit the rest of the world is. And uh, Russell and Claire are enchanted. Um, it gets serious a bit, and he asks why uh, Olivier asks why Claire wants to be an artist. She says she has a lot of pain to work through. Olivier is okay with that, and Scott starts hitting on her and asking her if she and Russell are lovers. Um, Olivier asks Russell why he's an artist, and Russell says he didn't have a choice. If he can't create art, he doesn't want to live. And he says, boy." Scott okay. says he supports their infantile notions because he, he wants them to love him. Talking about Olivier, sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I have two things I want to say about the scene. First, um, uh, Olivier, you know, he's kind of a pretentious, douchey art person, you know, <laughs> but I kind of like him. I love that he's encouraging them and being mm-hmm. positive. I think that's great. Um, the other thing is, I knew during this scene that Russell was not gay and he's totally into Claire. Mm-hmm. You can tell scared. by the way he looked at her. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what do you think? There's anything to what Scott said about Olivier? Why he wants them to like him, like love him? They want he, he wants them to love him. Basically, he, he supports them. That that's the reason why. Well, I think that he really does think that they're talented, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just the teacher in him that wants to be loved but no I think he really thinks that those two are, are have true talent I was so afraid he was going to praise Claire and then crush Russell 
<laughs> I don't know why. Or are they anything at all? I was afraid they were praising Claire because they think that she's beautiful and she's got beautiful skin. Yeah. I'm already talking about Claire's skin this season. (laughs) She does have beautiful skin. I want to touch her skin. She really does. Yeah, she does. Well, we get get back to that. But uh, we we go to Ruth, Bettina, Keith, and David sitting around drinking wine and looking at pictures from Los Lamas. And uh, Lisa's washing dishes and David's looking irritated. Uh... (laughs) This is, he, is the least awkward, like, family dinner kind of thing we've seen on the show so far. I know. Keith is, after the vacation, he is, you know, Different. pleasant and having yeah. a good time. More season yeah. one, Keith. More season mm-hmm. one, Keith. Uh-oh. Yeah. He came back. <laughs> Maybe we're still in the vortex. I don't know. but I, Yeah. <laughs> we're caught between universes. <laughs> Maybe. But, it, yeah, he's... Uh, He's making an effort. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, Bettina orders Lisa to stop waiting on them. Uh, <laughs> Lisa gives Ruth a coupon for a foot massage. <laughs> Ruth is drunk and she wants it now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Bettina says, maybe we'll all end up naked. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Nate pulls David aside and asks if he thinks the party seems a little weird. And David says, if I had to give a rating between 1 and 10, I'd say 90. <laughs> I didn't think it was that weird. They were having fun. Well, the girls the were, anyway. Yeah, the mother, their mother was acting very much out of character. I, yeah, I was going to say, was I don't fun. know if they've ever seen their mom tipsy. <laughs> really? fun. You know, all the girls were having a good time, and Keith. Yeah. <laughs> she had her hair <laughs> down, she, didn't she? Ruth. Whenever yeah, Ruth has her hair it. down, know yeah. something's going on. When she was sitting on the couch and getting her foot massage, she looked young and pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to the next scene, and Scott's over at the bar hitting on some girl. And Olivia tells, Olivia tells them that every nasty thing he said was the truth, and every good thing he said about Scott was a lie. Um, he thinks Claire is better than Scott. And Russell will be successful beyond his wildest dreams. He says they shouldn't care what other people think. Russell excuses himself, and Olivier focuses in on Claire. He says her talent is epic, like a tale of a comet that could change the world. Olivier keeps laying on the charm and even takes her face in his hands, and we see Russell in the background looking kind of upset. Yeah, and they all mm-hmm. stiff Scott with the tab. <laughs> okay, so is this going to be another counselor thing? I hope not, because it was hard. It was hard to tell with this guy if he was just, you know, being earnest and, you know, or if he His was being Olivier, inappropriate. Not, not earnest. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> What did you think, Steph? Because I know sometimes we have the same thoughts with the inappropriate older. Or male, I didn't like, feel like he figure. was being inappropriate. I, I thought he was okay because being... I, yeah, kind of earnest and just like you know wanted to tell her and let her understand that. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt too. Earnest, mm-hmm. intense artist stuff. I think. Yeah, and a little drunk. Yeah, yeah a little yeah, drunk, drunk enough to do involved. it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he could have been just a little unrestrained, you know. So. He was really letting... I mean, sometimes when you really like somebody and you got the alcohol in you, you will tell them all all sorts of stuff. 
I mean, I'm not just saying just to get them in bed or whatever, but just to be like, you are like my best friend. You know that? You know that? I love you, man. And very touchy. <laughs> Bailey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ruth's getting the foot massage from Lisa. And we find out that Keith doesn't give David a foot massage because his feet stink. <laughs> <laughs> or, wait, wait, the other way around. Yeah, no, the right no. way. That yeah, was right. the right way. Was David's right. feet stink. And Nate um, comes out from wherever he was moping on the stairs. He comes out and he's like, hey, I had a dream about a foot massage. Everyone was there besides Bettina and Keith. And it's weird because my feet are he really said, ticklish. No offense. No offense, yeah. <laughs> My feet are really ticklish, and I think I think Dad was giving me the massage, <laughs> and I was holding I, Maya, and she was squirming like a pig. And all of a sudden, he dazes out, and we see Ruth moaning as she's getting a massage, and Lisa just turning around and giving him this cat-eyed, I don't know, grin, this Cheshire cat grin. And then uh, Bettina snaps him out of it, and he says he doesn't remember the rest. He he could never find his shoes. Thick it was. <laughs> I don't understand the point of him telling that dream. What did he just feel like he was not the center of attention or something? I think I mean, was it all for for Ruth to be able to say, well, you know, some people say that in your dreams everyone is you. So in his dream, he was Nate Senior rubbing his own feet. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> because now I'm realizing the reason that that Nate is having the edible dreams about his mother is because Lisa is just like Ruth and he's feeling just like his dad where he feels like he has to go have a separate life. Well, yeah, you know, he already had that. Yeah. He he was sneaking out over to mom's house, you know, to hide out. He, he's got the car masturbation thing going, so he's already <laughs> sneaking off and doing his own thing. Can What's I just call it? I'm going to name it right here. It's going to be called uh, an NPR gasm. What is okay? I did. I haven't heard the last episode. Oh, sorry. Oh, so he was watching. He was listening to National Public Radio while masturbating in the car because that's his only private yeah. time. Yeah. Okay, that was his only private time. Okay, yes. I didn't know why he was doing that. Yes. Yeah, he's just suddenly. Uh, uh, that's how I interpret it. At least he's like he suddenly um, realizes. That actually it wasn't even just me. It was uh, it was the person doing the commentary of that episode, Michael Engler, who's talking about it. He said that was. And Lisa, she's, Lisa's alone. just all over him with with the man. Yeah. Continually, the more we see how they interact, it is a bit much. Besides, and apparently, America, there's no lock on the bathroom door. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, you know, you do need your private interests in a marriage. Like you need. You need to have stuff that's just yours um, and keep some individuality. At least I think so. So uh, wanting that's not unreasonable. I just think Lisa uh, probably isn't one of those people that needs to have that space. Right. Or maybe it's rest. I don't know. So, um, yeah, as he was, uh, as he's coming out of this daze, did either of any of you think that, like, oh, my God, he's waking up? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I knew it was going to happen finally no nothing no like no okay. no, <laughs> no I, I was saying to you I think on Twitter or an email or something I said oh, I, I'm trying to uh, to get my head around that this is the universe we're in and I need to try to make the best of it <laughs> 
Well, hopefully this episode, we'll see how you, how we rate it at the end. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Ruth thanks Lisa and calls her, you know, says she's just like family. And uh, it's funny, the, the uh, what's his face? The director of the episode, Alan Poole, yes. uh, pointed out in the commentary, I didn't notice this before, but after she says that, both David and Keith give each other, like, angry looks. Oh, yeah. Really like, quick. Keith doesn't feel like, they don't it's feel like equals. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I believe that Lisa is married to her son, whereas Keith is not. That's, you know, that may be but a difference. A girlfriend. <laughs> a girlfriend is different than a, you know, daughter-in-law. A boyfriend is different than a son-in-law. But th- can they get married in California? No, they can't. Does Father Jack get in trouble for that? <laughs> in season one? I think so. But, you know, they can still have a, like, you know, some kind of commitment ceremony or something. I don't know. I don't um, think it. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's so much that he's a man, so as much as you know. Well, I think it's, it's also that the relationship's so rocky that um, mm-hmm. maybe nobody knows what to make of it yet. Yeah. So um, then we go quickly to outside where Nate is uh, standing there having a cigarette, and you know, at first it's kind of like, "Oh, is he smoking a joint?" It's like, "No, it's just a cigarette." Oh. Has he, wait, wait, has he ever smoked before? No. Not that Other I, than... I, I don't remember him ever smoking in this show. No, me either. At this point. Okay. That's why I was questioning. I was like, is it, is mm-hmm. it a joint? Is it a cigarette? So it was, it's definitely a cigarette. So then this dude from Vermont walks up and is like, hey, buddy, <laughs> you got a, can I bum one of those? Because <laughs> I don't want to smoke around my baby, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, can I smoke I with you out here? Guy. He's, He's a like, total bum. Like, like, Robin, how long has it been since you smoked? Oh, um, probably since Wednesday. I, I bummed one from somebody. So. Oh, yeah. Um, it's usually trivia nights when I go overboard. <laughs> it's like you know, I go, I, t- I take a break between rounds. I go outside. People are smoking. I'm like, hey, can I have one of those? You're one. You're that guy. Yeah, I am that guy. I've already gotten <laughs> yeah, that. Why don't is. you buy your own pack? Plenty of times. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> David uh, shows the, everybody the set for the funeral art opera, and you can see he totally has his mind changed about this whole thing. He says it cheapened the cheapens their relationship. Um. I thought for sure they were going to wreck it on accident. They were all drunk. <laughs> I was really worried. And, I, I you know, was, that yeah. Happened. I was worrying about the same thing. I thought it would be awkward and Ruth would be the one that would somehow, I don't know, spill <laughs> yeah. wine all down the tapestry or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that one little moment at the end of the scene where uh, Ruth and Bettina are pretending to give commit sepica <laughs> and, and bawling over laughing. Uh, was completely ad-libbed by those two and uh, wasn't even supposed to be in the scene. He he was told not to put that, the director was told not to put that shot in there, but he loved it so much. Um, <laughs> he was told he was told that by his lighting director who, you know, the, that part of the scene wasn't well lit. So he was like, please don't put that in there. But he did anyway because mm-hmm. he thought it was hilarious. 
Um, but yeah, Keith, uh, Keith says that David should be prepared to do something like this for him. And, uh, <laughs> said, so, obviously Keith has got this thing with the great escape and Steve McQueen on a motorcycle. <laughs> Apparently Keith's in it for a while now <laughs> because, um, he's making plans for his funeral. <laughs> so I mean well, apparently he's not ready to leave. He was saying uh, yeah, if they stay yeah. together. Yeah. Now he's saying, you know, I mean you maybe that vacation can change him. It's the vortex. It's the vortex vacation. Yeah. That's what did it. <laughs> Although he does get a little upset when he tries to kiss David, but David's too uptight about it. Yeah. Um Nate comes back in with a changed shirt and uh, a mouth that tastes like Listerine. <laughs> Lisa thinks it's a little weird. And, uh, yeah, we go out to, uh, this, uh, thing created by Simon Rodia. It's really awesome. It's a real thing. I don't know what it's called, though, um, but it was created by all this junk that he found. And it's these towers of junk. Um. And did you see the way Russell looked at Claire in the scene? He He's wanted totally to kiss her so badly. Her. Yes. He likes her so much. Yeah. He adores her. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Russell thinks that real artists are out of their mind. And Claire questions what success is, whether it's money, fame, critical acclaim, sense of doing good work. Um, she, she feels like a phony. She can't imagine being this dedicated to anything. And they talk about why Van Gogh cut his ear off. Was it love or was it because he was insane? Um, but yeah, Russell is definitely very much admiring Claire, as is everybody that comes in contact with Claire, it seems. Mm-hmm. Especially now, she's grown up so much, she's acting <clears throat> like an adult, instead of like a petulant child. Yeah. This is, honestly, this is great stuff. I love seeing Claire like this, this, uh, this just completely captured by all this newness this 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 exciting uh life you know and she was she's in she her was, element yeah she was absolutely gorgeous in that scene i was noticing her eyes are huge her lips you know she had uh-huh. she has beautiful so cool. features and her hair you know is such a pretty color red and she just looked gorgeous mm-hmm. i mean i could totally understand russell looking at her like that she's basically goddess claire <laughs> yeah, in that scene she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it just brings you back to, at least brings me back to just the those times when you're just out of high school and like anything's possible. You know, mm-hmm. it's really oh wow, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Her the whole world's life. her oyster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So dance party at the Fishers. Uh huh. <laughs> even even Maya's getting in on the action. Yeah, Nobody's Maya's worried about the drunk grandma. Why is that baby awake? Why is that baby awake? <laughs> well, because you know she doesn't go to bed until Mama and Daddy go to bed. Worst <laughs> parents ever. Uh, then we go out to the sun porch where Nate wakes up and he's suddenly wearing his suit. And then Nate Senior shows <laughs> up and uh, he's wearing shorts and a t-shirt for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Calls him a party pooper. They Tell- switched clothes. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yep. Is that right. the same person? And, uh, yeah, so he's just questioning why he wants to get away from everything. He says, if you really want to get away from it, I know this room that you can rent. <laughs> 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 Nate says, I'm not quite there yet. 
And Nate Sr. says, it won't be long. Um, He compares his life to his son's. And then he offers him a cigarette. Mm. And Nate screams, I'm not you. And Nate Sr. says, keep telling yourself that. That's why Nate's smoking, because his dad smoked. And he's hiding it, just like his dad did. Indeed. And you know, well, I guess I'll talk about later when it happens. Uh, Nate says that he loves his family. And Nate Sr. says, buddy boy, you think I would have stuck around if I didn't love mine? And then Nate wakes up. Yeah. Uh, and we got to the part where uh, Nate kind of, he doesn't really scold Lisa for drinking, but it was this weird. He disapproves. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it might have been um, towards the end of the party. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't okay. write it down. Okay. But yeah, that was weird. She said she's not breastfeeding. Like she, she's, finally, like Lisa, finally kind of cut loose a little bit. She's got like days of milk. Lisa, wait, 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 she's not breastfeeding. She weaned that baby. That's hard to believe. No, no, well, she says she had four days worth of breast milk in the right. freezer. Oh, okay. Phew, you can see that chick's going to be breastfeeding to that child is five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, they're stupid hippies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what hippies do. So Claire and Russell are in Claire's room and Claire's showing Olivier's work to Russell and he's jealous. She lives in a funeral home and says it's perfect for when they write her biography. I love that line. That is so adorable. (laughs) (laughs) That he thinks so highly of her Mm -hmm. that that she deserves a biography written about. He's totally into her. I see. I, when I saw him, I was like, Ooh, I hope they're a couple. They're going to be a couple. And it's so neat because they like each other and they get each other and they listen to each other. Yes, Claire, this is what you're supposed to hook up with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a because uh, they're good friends and you can tell they care about each other. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Russell tells her right out of the, out of nowhere. He says that he's not gay, and uh, guys hit on him, and uh, she says it's because you're hot. And he says, oh, you think I'm hot? <laughs> Should have kissed her right then and I there. Know, yep. I know. I was expecting it. I was waiting for she, it. It didn't she happen. She was too. She was <laughs> waiting for it too. She was waiting for it. Yeah. Yep. So the wake begins and it is a beautiful production. What did you guys think? Not very yeah. moving. It was. I mean, it, it was okay. There was opera music though, <laughs> and yeah. but it's a it's a visual spectacle. You no. don't have to like the opera to appreciate what they were doing. Um, I, I thought it was very sweet, um, like for him to do for you know his his lover, especially because it meant something to them. So I thought that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really an opera person either, so I'm glad they didn't go into it for too long. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it is a beautiful, <laughs> uh, beautiful song. It's called Nessum Dorma. And that is, I think, Italian for anybody. Nobody oh, nobody sleeps. sleeps. Yeah. Uh, Dorma, uh, dormir, to sleep. And notice that in this episode, nobody actually did sleep. They all <laughs> stayed up all night. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kevin delivers a eulogy, and you see Rico just kind of squirming a bit. He's, you can see he's crumbling. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, after Kevin is done, somebody stands up and sings Nessum Dorma. 
and you can see that Rico is almost in tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I was. I was kind of focusing on Rico a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and David is trying hard to keep the tears in. Sissies. And, and Robin was just like, <laughs> "Oh my God, Robin, you big sissy!" Uh, so, <laughs> Lisa hopes that Ruth had fun at her party. Uh, Nate congratulates her. Says he's proud of her and proud of us being a family. And she turns it around and says, "Is it that hard?" I was Nate? with Lisa on that. <laughs> he he did the way he said it made it seem yeah. like it was like. They were really struggling with it, you know. Yeah, I actually I felt. Like so. Oh, go ahead, Steph. I was just gonna say. I mean, me and my husband, we have those. You know, yay! We're such a good team together. We, you know, we do that. We, you know, yeah. it's a, we do that. Yeah, I know, but it was. Uh, I don't know. His he just seemed like it was like. See, I didn't like have, it was to have so any much doubts work. about this. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I I actually found myself... What is that? There's that yeah. whooshing sound. It's the blender. We're making oh. smoothies. <laughs> God. Um, I, I actually found myself feeling sorry for Lisa for a minute because the way she says, what is her line something about, I love you so much. And I think, wow, it Lisa, hurts. that's the problem, that you love him so much that you were willing to do almost anything and overlook almost anything and keep telling yourself that this is working and it's good. And the reason you're freaking out is because deep inside, you, you have every doubt in the world and every reason to doubt. Yeah, that look that Nate gets on his face when she says that, I love you so much, it terrifies me. Yeah. And she hugs him and Nate's like, whoa. And notice how he didn't say it back. I know. And then snap her right back into okay. So I need you to go to Whole Foods, and uh, <laughs> and he oh. happily obliges, grabbing and his denim jacket with the cigarettes. with the cigarettes. And that's and when it showed that, I was like, oh my god, he's gonna be like his dad and get hit by a car because he's smoking distractedly. <laughs> but apparently not this episode, anyways. <laughs> well, we don't see him after this. Oh, stop that, Robin! I'm going to play the noise of a bus leaving. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was about to say, after your whole bus tease from season two, we didn't buy that either. <laughs> well, death is death is a better alternative than being married to Lisa, so. <laughs> <laughs> There's another sound bite. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, Keith was so moved by this that he got Chinese the next day. And... Um, <laughs> David comes home and is overwhelmed with emotion. He wants them to last. He wants it to be worth it. Keith comforts him as he cries his eyes out. And then Robin just starts crying. And what's so lovely about that is the last time that David was moved to tears was when he found out about his brother's illness. And Keith was not there for him. Right. right. And this time, is- Keith does the right thing. And I thought, okay, damn you, Keith. I was all ready to have you out the door and broken up. And now uh-huh. you're starting to act like a good partner and you're just screwing with my head. Yeah. I, he came back from vacation a changed man, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Could or maybe be. it was the therapy. You know, he saw the mm-hmm. therapist by himself without David. That's true. And- I forgot about that. That's a really good point, Steph. Yeah. Told you that Uh, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) 
then that last scene, uh, I got a little. Fr- Whoa! Different tone now. It's emptier. I'm just keeping you caught up. Someone want to give Moira a foot massage? Uh, <laughs> I could start, you know, balking like a chicken. <laughs> or moo. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Don't even start that. So in the next scene, I get a little overclumped um, because oh. Claire finds Ruth folding napkins. And Ruth says it was one of the finest evenings she's ever spent. And Claire says she's really sorry she missed it. And then when Ruth asks about the lecture, she says it's one of the finest evenings that she's ever had. And she had a glimpse uh, I don't of. I think it was a lecture, though. <laughs> she had a glimpse of what might be possible. And uh, she felt really happy for once. And then she asks Ruth to the museum and says she's going to treat her to lunch. And Ruth says, I have to move that table back first. And she's like, nah, we can do it later. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, God. It was so cute. That was a good good scene, but nothing to cry over. Well, I mean, it is their relationship has come so far because Claire has grown up and Ruth has has relaxed and learned to let go of things. Mm -hmm. That's one one thing that Bettina is good for. She has really helped Ruth relax and, you know, enjoy things more. Let's hope even if something bad does happen the way we all kind of sense it might. Let's hope Ruth at least, um, ke- you know, keeps that aspect of things changed yeah. in this. Yeah. It would be nice to think so. Are we watching a drama? <laughs> <laughs> we are watching a drama. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Well, that's it for Open Casket Viewing. Let's get on to a break. And here we have a new promo here from a new intro cast called The Breaking Bad Podcast. My name is Walter Hartwell White. I live at 308 Negro Arroyo Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87104. To all law enforcement entities, this is not an admission of guilt. I am speaking to my family now. There are, there are going to be some things, things that you'll come to learn about me in the next few days. I just want you to know that no, no matter how it may look, I only had you in my heart. You understood what I've just said to you. Yes. Lung cancer. Inoperable. Best case scenario with chemo, I'll live maybe another couple of years. Maybe you and I could partner up. You, uh, you want a good crystal meth? You. You and, uh, and me. But you know the business. And I know the chemistry. Tell me why you're doing this. Seriously. Why do you do it? Money? Mainly? There you go. Nah, come on. Man, some straight like you giant stick up his ass all of a sudden at age, what, 60? He's just gonna break bad? I am awake. Breaking Bad Podcast with your hosts, Michael, Allie, Jeremy, and Amber Lee. And we're back. And so check that out. That's just starting up. Um, I would say if you've never seen Breaking Bad before, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Stop <laughs> saying things like that to me. <laughs> uh, you haven't seen Breaking Bad before? No, of course not. Listen, who's the person on this podcast who hasn't watched whatever show you're talking about? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Stop always, Moira. 
I know. Such a loser. It's on my list, Rob. It's, it's on, on Netflix Watch instantly. Maybe not in Canada, but oh. it is on there. Um, Your children are involved in too many activities. <laughs> you got to curb that. You no, know, if I could just chain them up and leave them at home, it would be so yeah, much just, just be a selfish mother and do Why what you want to do. It should all be about me. <laughs> right. Damn it. Children. Be a Bettina. <laughs> Uh, so on. let's get the Fisher of the Week, and I'm not going to tell people what that's all about, but I'm sure by the title you might figure it out. <laughs> so let's start with our guest, Stephanie Smith. Oh, gosh, I don't know. It's either going to be between Ruth or Claire. Uh, mm-hmm. probably you know Lisa Ruth and Maya because... are available. <laughs> Baby Maya. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say Ruth because it was just so she seeing her so happy and loose. It just made me happy. That's why I enjoyed this episode so much. I love loose Ruth. (laughs) 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 Um, I was really torn between Ruth and Claire also. But I also chose Ruth because she had so much fun at the party. She let her hair down. She had a good time. She relaxed. And because of the whole thing with Claire at the end where, um, you know, she acted like a mother who, you know, was interested in her child for once. (laughs) Wow. I I had the same dilemma and reach the same conclusion ladies for the same reasons so even though claire looked like a glowing red-headed goddess i thought ruth looked really pretty in some of these scenes too yes she just looked so happy and carefree and um and just in tune with herself for once it was nice to see well put your shot glasses down because Nate, Nate Senior's Senior. in this episode. Oh, for Christ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I am not kidding about putting your shot classes down. Actually, the milk, milky white skin of Claire won me over. I would say my Fisher <laughs> of the Week is, is uh, Claire. And uh, it's because of uh, this exhilarating experience. Just the fact that, you know, she got her eyes opened. And she's starting this, uh, this great friendship with Russell. And we'll see if it turns into anything more. But um, I think, uh, I mean, the the thing that stopped me from giving Ruth Fisher of the Week is because a lot of her behavior is really kind of pushed by Bettina. Is Bettina the new plan, I wonder? Um, and I'm not being cursory. I, I, I actually, I don't re- really recall how this turns out so <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering this out loud then um, i guess it doesn't end in something major happening I'm like not, it, you it, know it getting arrested nothing. for shoplifting it, it, it could be well nothing i mean honestly this, <laughs> becoming an internet hacker <laughs> it's really funny because uh like i said before like earlier as we started this you know i watched the first two seasons and then decided to do this intro cast so now from third season on i'm kind of hazing at what the hell happens so uh, it's almost an intro cast for me too, or like a revisit. Oh, good. Um, so some that that in particular, I have, I really. Don't I like remember. it when we're all groping in the dark together, Robin. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> 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 Ding. All right, somebody's got to put Moyer to bed. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> 
need sound effects for our podcast. You do. You should bring in the sound effects. Oh, um, the crickets. We already have the crickets. <laughs> yes. The sound of roaring traffic, blenders, oh, uh, pings. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just saw, I mean, it's kind of like the reverse of what you guys were saying, um, how the end of the episode wrapped up. It's like Claire, to me, to me, it was more about Claire because Claire at the end of this, I mean, she had their eyes open. She's like, oh my God, there's so much more outside of my house. There's, there's this huge world and I, I can't believe it. And I don't want to be phony or whatever. And then she comes back home and she wants to share it with her mother. Like some some kids could be just like a total dicks and be like, "I'm better than this place," and just go on with their own lives. But you know, she wants to still nurture that relationship with her. Yeah, it's really sweet. I can see that because I think that's why all of us were torn. You really could go either yeah. way on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was torn with uh, Claire too because of that whole thing. You know, her side of the mother scene, also. But mm-hmm. I just had to give it to Ruth. Yeah, Ruth just seems like she's been kind of lost and waffling for so long that it was just nice to see her you know, yeah, happy for once. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like the whole family have been waffling. And other than Nate, everybody seems to be getting their act together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we and were complaining. getting worse. Yeah, we were complaining a couple episodes ago about how we're just so sick of seeing them all stuck in such a bad place. And it's nice yeah, to see it I starting think- to change. Yes. Well, in the commentary, Alan Poole really was like happy he got to direct this episode because he he liked the fact that every character reaches a turning point in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I think even Nate, even though he doesn't act on it or anything, he he kind of reached like a maybe maybe a turning point for the worst. I mean, he grabs his jacket with cigarettes and well, some kind of realization well, maybe. You know, when you see your mother in a sexual way like that, then yes, you. You have reached a turning point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oedipus so. Rex, people. Read it. Oedipus Rex. Uh, so we have one bit of feedback. We in, in our feedback <laughs> section isn't very big this week because we did record only three days ago. I tried mm-hmm. to get tried to get the podcast out as quick as possible to get people to send in feedback, but it's okay. But it's inexcusable if you don't send us feedback for the trap, which is the next episode. Uh, it's a trap. Oh my um, God, this must be a great episode. It's supposed to be incredible. <laughs> That's the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to Moira's DM about Midnight Island. <laughs> it's it's so really true. not sold yet. Not sold yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, so our only feedback came in the form of a Skype chat from Brad Couples. <laughs> And uh, I'm not really sure what he's talking about, but maybe you guys know. Um, He says, here's my feedback. Rico talking shit about Parsifal is beyond inexcusable. It's Parsifal, damn it. How do they keep finding new ways for me to hate him? <laughs> what, is, what is Parsifal? Did you catch That's that? That's the, the opera he it's went the to. Opera. They won the ticket. Yeah. Did you okay. not watch the Remember? show? Uh, <laughs> 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 my... my uh, <laughs> I was actually a little embarrassed for Rico at that point because, as I said, even though I'm really not a big opera fan or anything, he just he just looked so ignorant. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, he did. I probably would have said similar things because oh, God. opera annoys me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I want you to really let us know when you start coming around on Rico because I want to know the instant it happens. I want to. See, I don't just, think he will. It never. 
No, I I'm I still hate him, but this episode <laughs> I didn't hate him. You know, I mean, he was okay this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's like we were saying the last time um, about him maybe realizing where his place is and what he's suited for. I don't know. Maybe maybe Rico won't turn out to be a complete douche after all. God knows. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. All right. I mean, well, he's still young because he, he's like in his. Early, say, tw- I mean, he's young. I'd say he's late twenties, yeah, early thirties. I thought he was, yeah, like late twenties. Mm-hmm, oh, too. Okay, mm. he just seems. He seems, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> sheltered, sheltered, and immature. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to take advantage of the rest of the, the the gap we have in the listener feedback section to just quickly talk about. I did update fishercast.blogspot.com. Um, I did have um, a list of intro casts on the sidebar and I actually was able to add like like at least five more. So I think the latest count is seventeen intro casts are out <gasps> there. Wow. It's freaking amazing. Wow. Um, and I've got Oh my God. I'm looking at the list now. Holy crap. And I'm so glad Steph is here because uh I mean I you know, maybe some people maybe she doesn't want uh smoke blowing her brass, but uh <laughs> I'm telling you, Steph, I think uh, something, you, you started something. There's a couple of these that were around and now they're kind of calling themselves an intro cast or other people are calling them an intro cast and now they end up being on this page. But, um, I mean, like, I think Dissecting Dexter was around for a while. But um, other than that, I mean, I think, Moosecast. What about the the Veronica Mars podcast? I think it, they were oh, I going know. before. Maybe I, I didn't even know a Veronica Mars podcast was on. I, that's not even on this list. Oh, but, I mean, okay. So you go through. Oh, my God. Okay. Arrested Development, Breaking Bad, Carnival, Sherlock, Dexter, Supernaturals, Northern Exposure, Lost, Buffy, of course, because Steph is here. Um, Psychanalysis. What's that? Psych. Okay. Psych. I haven't seen Psych. Of course. It's me. I haven't seen it. Uh, Angel, BSG. Huh. Um, Farscape. Yeah. Farscape, Firefly, Twin Peaks. Yay. West Wing, yay. And yep, yep. The Last Airbender podcast. <laughs> the Last Airbender one. That yeah. is, wow. That's a lot of intro cast. Stephanie, and... look at what you've done to the world. <laughs> what I birthed. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Ew. painful, honey? Did you need, you know, <laughs> amphetamines, morphine? <laughs> so, yeah, if you it's check amazing. out com, I have all those links there. And if you are wow. an intro cast and you're listening to us and either A, you're not on this list, or B, you are on this list. You still haven't sent me a promo and want me to like, don't want me to, I don't know, talk about you, publicize you. I'd, I'd love to. I love supporting this community. This is an amazing community, and and we're gonna just keep it going even after Fishercast. We were talking about that X Files podcast. We're gonna start in the fall, um, and Des starting a forty four hundred podcast. This is intro cast yep. thing is a is a gold mine. It's making us so much money. Uh, <laughs> I, I retire early myself. I don't know about you, but <laughs> there's also um, introcasty related links on there. There's uh, there's a couple pages up about introcast. One set up by um, Between the Line Studios, and one set up by Michael Warren. And there's also a group page. Somebody was in the potential cast group saying, "Hey, um, has anybody ever thought about doing a Freaks and Geeks introcast? Because I think that would be awesome." And I pointed her immediately to this uh, introcast producers and fans Facebook group. Um, and the link to that is on fishercast.blogspot.com. So check it out. And, you know, if you have an intro cast idea or you're like, man, I want to start one of these things, 
uh, before all the good shows get taken away and I'm stuck doing like Quincy MD podcast <laughs> or something. I don't know. Maybe Quincy's a great show. I don't know. Oh, somebody start a murder she wrote in your cast, please. <laughs> It'll blow consulting Sherlock out of the water. Huh. Well, I have my secret one I might do someday. We'll see. Ooh, Ooh after we record, you must tell me. Secret <laughs> podcast, that's mm. what we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm really happy about this. So, anyway, let's get into our last rites, which is our final thoughts on the episode. I'm explaining it again. So anyway, no, it's okay sh- if you do that. Oh, okay. You can do some some exposition, Robin. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Oh, that was like a, you just like shoved a spear in me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Red, I can repair you. Was, was it a bloody spear? It's <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, let's start off with Moira, who's going to be ready with a rating and a last thought. Okay. Okay. I like this episode better than the last three because it wasn't hard to like it better than the last three. (laughs) God, what we predicted was true. It is looking up a little bit. Ruth got loosey goosey. That was fun to see. Uh, Nate having parallel lives with his dad is kind of creeping me out a little bit, but it's amusing. Um, and Claire being a lovely redheaded blossoming goddess coming into her own is really rather fantastic. So I like this better than the last. And since I gave the last one a seven, I have to go higher. So I'm going to give this eight out of ten deep tissue massages. Des. Okay. Um, I enjoyed... The party. Um, I thought that was great. I enjoyed Keith and David together this episode, more like season one, less like season two and three. Um, and I loved Claire's storyline uh, this episode. Um, this episode was like a million times better than anyone so far this season. It was not total crap. And I, it looks like the end of Nate and Lisa could be nigh, so that gets me all excited. So I'm going to give this episode, um, well, it loses points for Lisa and Maya. So <laughs> well, yeah, that goes yeah, without saying. We know to, that. Right. Oh, that knocks you from 10 to an 8 right, right now, there. Right? <laughs> I, I really, really, really like this episode a lot. And, you know, but I can't give it a 10 because Lisa and Maya weren't it. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, uh, an, I'm going to, they, they, two points for those two. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 phony baloney caca shits. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. An eight from you, the woman who gives two threes and fours. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's how good this episode was compared to the rest of them. It's true, Virginia. There is a Santa Claus. (laughs) <laughs> Steph, you were really excited about getting to talk about this episode. Any last thoughts yes. about it before you give your rating? Yes, I hope that everybody continues to be happy <laughs> and Nate deals with his whatever. So I hope that this is, the, <laughs> I hope the show yes. continues to, I mean, at least give us something, some happiness, some positivity, instead of everybody being so unhappy. Yes, I agree. Some growth, some development. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, season two, everybody was miserable. Yeah. Sick of everybody being miserable. So I give it 10 out of 10 creepy Oedipal dreams about your mother. <laughs> you love it. Ooh. And you know what? I thought the same thing. Uh, uh, I had to give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Moktagar receptionists uh, <laughs> because this is really the I think so far the best episode of the season and I know it's hard to I don't know I, I, I just felt like like I probably would have given it a 9 out of 10 that I realized Nate Senior's in it so it gets a bronze point from me so I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's so much good about this episode um, the opera was so moving um, uh, David and Keith Claire all the art stuff uh, the 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 crazy bar scene with the <laughs> artists arguing. I mean, I, to recap the entire episode, but um, I was really happy at the end of this episode. I was like, wow, that was a really good episode. I, I, I even said that to my wife as we, we finished it. And, um, yeah, and I'm really excited to hear what you guys think about the next episode. So uh, let's uh, let's bury this bad seed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so you can visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. You can leave us voicemail at one five four one to embalm. You can also visit us on the Facebooks, or you can email us at fishercast one at gmail dot com. We love to hear your thoughts and feelings and emotions and desires, <laughs> or whatever you want to throw at us. So yes, tell us what you think. And Steph, uh, do you want to give any sort of plug for yourself? Uh, my podcasts are What's On With Steph and Dez and, and Potential Casts PotentialCasts.com <laughs> A Buffy Retrospective Podcast And uh, you can follow me on Twitter Whoa, 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 whoa. Re- Redemption <laughs> Oh, sorry There's also, re- see, they just kind of Run into one big Angel Buffy Extravagance to me. Redemption cast. Redemptioncast.blogspot.com. With me. With Robin. <laughs> okay, now so, Twitter. So Twitter.com slash still the mother of all intro casts. So. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be her epitaph. The uh, mother yeah, like, cast lies. She podcasted a lot. Uh, (laughs) uh, okay so uh, thank you very much Steph for uh, giving us intro casts and being on this episode Um, Des where can we find you on the web Um, okay this week it's time to plug bitch please even though we haven't had an episode in a while because um, it's really hard to schedule all these people at once Um, and so hopefully we will have a new episode coming out in a couple of weeks or so we are not apparently um, we're never going to be we've got no approval email no disapproval email we're not on there um it's been submitted. I tried to resubmit, and they said it's already been submitted, but apparently it's lost in limbo somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to go to uh, com to find us for right now. 
I believe there's a iTunes link that at least we're put on the group page on Facebook, right? Yes. You can also, if you go to Talk Shoe and you look up Be Please Cast, you can um, you can subscribe through iTunes on Talk Shoe. That's true. You could do that the same with FisherCast too. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what else? So you can find Moira getting a sexy, sensual foot massage from Lisa. Mm. Oh no, not from Lisa! Don't make me from Lisa. I was nice to you last week. Now you're just mean again. Ruth really liked it. (laughs) Give it a shot. (laughs) Jeez, she can't be that bad. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I get the empty wine glass chime of doom. It was indeed quite empty. Go back afterward and compare chime tones. In <laughs> <laughs> the fullness of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for Fisher Cast. You can find me on the Twitter at uh, L Robin Yarrow and uh, on Redemption Cast. And I, I'm doing segments on Media Junkyard now. Whether they're worth listening to is entirely up to Yay. you. Sound like you sound like Eeyore. <laughs> What's I, I'm so happy about that, Robin. <laughs> I'm happy too, but you sound like Eeyore at the beginning. Of Nobody all. wants me to be happy. <laughs> Please stop being happy. Not, you're, you, you sounded too cheery. I'm like, I like yeah. happy, giggly Robin. Happy's for no, losers. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. So I got to be irritated about something. And this week I got really irritated about Alcatraz. So look forward to that. Oh, God. I'm Why just don't afraid. I'm afraid for the one. Well, he's going to be irritated about his co-host. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Robin, what is it about Alcatraz you don't like? Well, it's in the media junkyard. Or just wait till I finish this podcast, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, Giant teaser, this guy. Next week, your homework is The Trap, which um, is going to be full of surprises. Lisa, Lisa falls into it, right? Lisa uh, and Maya? That'll be great. <laughs> As for Nobody Sleeps, we therefore commit this episode to the ground. Ashes to ashes dust and to dust. dust to and dust. dust to dust. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Toodly-doo. Neighbor. <laughs> are, are we out? We're out. From the Bible to the popular song, there's one theme that we find right along. Of all ideals they hail as good, the most sublime is motherhood there was a man though who it seems once carried this ideal to extremes he loved his mother and she loved him and yet his story is rather grim lived a man named Oedipus Rex. You may have heard about his odd complex. His name appears in Freud's index because he loved his mother. His rivals used to say quite a bit that as a monarch he was most unfit, but still in all they had to admit that he loved his mother. Yes, he loved his mother like no other. His daughter was his sister and his son was his brother. One thing on which you can depend is... He sure knew who a boy's best friend is. When he found what he had done, he tore his eyes out one by one. A tragic end to a loyal son who loved his mother. So be sweet and kind to mother now and then have a chat. Buy her candy or some flowers or a brand new hat. But maybe you had better let it go at that. 
Or you may find yourself with a quite complex, complex end. You may end up like Oedipus. I'd rather marry a duck-billed platypus than end up like old Oedipus Rex. You know, Luke, this may be the last time we see each other. So there's something I want you to know. Now I have the time of my life and I owe it all for you. I've been waiting for so long. Now I've found, found someone to stand by me. So we take each other's hand because we seem to understand. 